first, a message from our sponsor. Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got stories about digital beats and plastic clogs. We're here with Lil Nas X, Old Town Road. Man, you went from eating pizza, chilling, in 28... Pizza and chilling, but with more things now. More things now, six Grammy nominations. What has been the most rewarding part of this journey so far for you? The most rewarding part is to just still have people rooting for me, you know, with whatever I do, and it's just... You know, I, I couldn't be happier about that. The rapper Lil Nas X famously purchased the instrumental for his number one hit, Old Town Road, through the site BeatStars. The rise of sites like BeatStars and TrackTrain, where musical beats are bought and sold, has changed the way the music business works forever. Writer Seth King recently explored this paradigm shift for InputMag.com. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. Since launching in 2008, BeatStars has ballooned into the world's most successful beat marketplace, boasting nearly 2 million active users. The most notable user is Lil Nas X, who famously purchased the instrumental for his number one hit, Old Town Road, through the site. The mobile app alone has a million users, yet every industry goliath has a David, or 10. While BeatStars has grown into a powerhouse, even recently inking a deal with Sony Records, other platforms like TrackTrain, founded in 2013, have entered the market and differentiated themselves in the community through an unconventional model, invite only. Welcome back to the show, Seth. Yeah, great to be here, Mark. Thank you. So your piece is about sites like BeatStars and TrackTrain. What is the process of buying a beat like? Yeah, so if you wanted to buy a beat, you would be able to go on TrackTrain or BeatStars and type in specific keywords like Drake-type beat or Lil Baby-type beat and find beats that Producers have uploaded onto both of these platforms that are similar to a Drake beat or a Lil Baby type beat or just beats that the artist can envision hearing those vocalists on. So really, these two platforms are housing the entire type beat community as far as being places for people to go to once they've got a beat they want to purchase or they're just generally browsing. So you argue in the piece that these sites are changing the way the music business works forever. How so? I think it's really just enabled producers to be one-stop shops for artists to come and purchase the beats, maybe the stems for the beats, or even the mixing and the kits that took to build the beats. It really just allows producers to be e-commerce sites, essentially, and offer their services without anybody middlemanning the deal and having to potentially take a percentage or just be involved in their business just allows that part to be automated. And from a technology perspective, that change is, I think, shown to be really innovative over the past 10 years, as we've seen most producers and artists just facilitate the work between themselves on these platforms like TrackTrain and BeatStars and don't really need anyone else involved to produce a hit. So TrackTrain is kind of more of the up-and-comer here versus BeatStars. Can you tell me a little bit about the difference between these two sites? Yeah, I'd say really the main difference between these two sites is the invite-only aspect. And that's involved on TrackTrain, where if people want to join, they'll have to submit their production first and have that reviewed. And assuming it meets the standards of 
the community managers of TrackTrain, then they're able to join. BeatStars, like you mentioned, is definitely a much larger platform and more established. There is no barrier to entry as far as joining. And I think there's a lot of overlap between both platforms as far as users, even though each of them have their own sort of differences. Producers use them the way I think people use social media as far as they need a Twitter and Instagram, and they're using both channels to basically access the largest market possible. So you say that this is cutting out the middleman, which presumably the music business thrives on having middlemen. Who's upset by these sites? I would say the people that are upset by places like TrackTrain and BeatStars are really just people with more conventional A&R positions working at legacy labels just because the connections between artists and producers are very organic as far as them being able to just quickly search for a beat on either platform and then within seconds really have the stems or the beat ready to record over. So as far as being able to download a beat and find a beat in you know 10 minutes or less and then hop into a booth and start recording the song, TrackTrain and BeatStars really just allow the music process to be compressed and there's very little bureaucracy as far as the paperwork involved in getting a beat from an artist's perspective to be able to go and make something quickly. Obviously, these sites democratize things and make it a lot easier to buy beats, but does that necessarily mean that the music is going to be any better? At the most basic, what it's allowing to happen is producers are really able to turn their hobby or their interest into a sustainable business model and really have a e-commerce store up on these sites where they have access to plenty of people who are coming to these sites looking for beats. So whether it makes, in a subjective term, whether it makes better music or worse music, what these sites have really done is empowered producers financially by allowing them to really have full control over the product they're selling and and how they want to sell it as far as how many leases they want to do of a beat or whether it's an exclusive, you know, it's really taken that type of business pressure off of them and given them a place to create a business, really. Now, a message from our sponsor. You can follow Seth on Twitter at Seth underscore King Writer. Now on to today's second story. to CNBC exclusive is Croc CEO Andrew Reese. Andrew, great to have you back. The expectations were high. You surpassed them. I, we've been covering the collaborations. Is that what's making Crocs cool again? Yeah, it's one of the important factors, right? So as you, you talked about uh, in your introduction there, the, uh, the collaboration we released with Justin Bieber. But if you look over the last 12 weeks, we actually released 12 different collaborations with different uh, entities around the world. Uh, Justin was one of the, the, the biggest ones with his, uh, his own in-house brand, uh, Drew House. Um, and uh, that's an important factor. But there's a lot of other things we're doing right relative to products, relative to distribution, pricing and promotion as well. So it's one of the important factors. The once maligned footwear company Crocs is having a huge year, collaborating with everyone from the brand Chinatown Market to the musician Bad Bunny. But it took a collaboration with designer Nicole McLaughlin to get InputMag.com newswriter Ian Cervantes fully on board with the plastic clogs. Here's Ian reading an excerpt from his piece about Crocs. Once again, I've seen the light and regretted my rejection of the comfort Crocs bring. 
All it took was a pair from Nicole McLaughlin, the upcycling whiz who turned the foam clogs into a veritable outdoor pack. Her collaboration makes Crocs fully loaded with a headlamp, stuff sack, compass, carabiner, and a bundle of ropes all attached. Helping to store all these gizmos is a pair of ankle-length gaiters that come permanently attached. Welcome back to the show, Ian. Yep, thanks for having me. So before we get into this particular brand of Crocs that have won you over to the dark side, Crocs is having an incredible year. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, they've really leaned into the collaboration space. I think we kind of saw it start to happen last year with Post Malone. This year now we've had a bunch of other music superstars. We've had Bad Bunny. We've had Justin Bieber. They also did the Grateful Dead and Chinatown Market collaboration. That was a huge hit and kind of came soon after the SB dunk. And that comes as part of a wider Grateful Dead trend that's happening. So I think they've really just like played the game right, lined up with the right people. Nicole McLaughlin is a little bit more niche of a designer, but still a really cool person to bring into the fold for them. So tell me about these Nicole McLaughlin Crocs. They look like something you take hiking or camping. <laughs> yeah. Well, they you know, they kind of fall in line with her other designs, which are, you know, she repurposes a lot of items into these like kind of tongue in cheek functional pieces, you know, where they can be used for things you don't need at all. Some of them can even be really viewed as artwork. And you did walk around the city with these on, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. And one of the things I was kind of before I got them, I was a little worried that like all these things would kind of add a bulk. So on top of looking kind of intentionally ridiculous, they might be cumbersome, but actually everything is like super lightweight. It doesn't really impede your movement at all. So there's really no reason to take any of the stuff off, even if you're not really going to use it. So how much do you think the pandemic has played into the success of Crocs? There was kind of the momentum. I think the tides were starting to shift already, but I think the pandemic kind of has worked in its favor, you know, obviously with lockdown orders and, and even things reopening, but just not being as safe. We don't have things to dress up for as much, so we kind of have this focus on shoes and apparel that are comfortable. So Crocs are great for wearing around the house, for taking a quick trip to the store. It's kind of just an ideal shoe for this time, so it worked out really well for them. You can follow Ian on Twitter at Ian underscore Cervantes, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.